passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. That is got to go to work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir. May I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want. What you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock whips your ass. What's going on, brothers and sisters? Coming to you live from Theta D, Row J, Seat 7. I am the Godfather, Nate Milton, and this is the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show, your favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of professional wrestler turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now playing this week, 2007's The Game Plan. Oh. You think it's some Roman free safety or something? This is cover two, little lady, so stay close. Are you okay? Do I sound okay? What you put in those cookies? Milk, flour, eggs, and cinnamon. Cinnamon? Cinnamon? I'm allergic to cinnamon. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that all you guys say is I'm sorry? I sound like this, I'm sorry. Cinnamon. All right, that's just a little, little clip, a little preview, a little taste of what is to come on this week's review. Uh, but before we get into that, I can't do this alone, folks. You know that. And since every Siskel needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twan, I have two special guests to help me review this film. My first guest is a returning member of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show family. He was 
last heard on this program on the Walking Tall episode defending the merits of that movie. You know him, you love him. The man from Los Angeles, the professor, Chris Ely. Chris, how you doing this week, brother? I am doing well. How's it going, man? I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. And I'm glad that you and I actually get to talk about uh, a, a movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson that that doesn't get into deep socioeconomical political issues like, like we talked about in Walking Tall. Right, yeah. <laughs> we we can just have fun with this fictional football team and more on yeah. that later. Uh, and my second guest, making her first appearance on the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show, also hails from Los Angeles. She's an actress, a writer, a podcaster, and the regional marketing director for Fanny's Burgers. <laughs> Brittany Monet is in the building. What's up, Brittany? Hey, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have some fun this week, folks, because we are here to talk about the game plan, the uh, 2007 film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, where he plays a professional football player, not to be confused with Gridiron Gang, which we did last time on the podcast, where The Rock was a football coach helping some way with youth. Uh, same sport, different movie, though. Uh, but before we get into the actual film, we got some things we need to do in terms of housekeeping and uh, setting up the listeners for this journey they're about to go on. And Chris, you know, we talked to you last time about your relationship with The Rock as an actor and, and how you first got into his films. So we don't need to cover that territory mm-hmm. any further. Uh, but Brittany, since this is your first time on the show, number one, were you a wrestling fan growing up and were you aware of The Rock? And number two, when this dude started becoming a motion picture star uh, and, and becoming one of the biggest names in Hollywood. How did you take to his kind of transition from the small screen as a wrestler to the big screen as an actor? I didn't really watch wrestling, but I knew who he was because I would always try to do the eyebrow thing. Um, <laughs> I can't do it. My dad can do it. Um, and that's kind of just, I only knew that in his catchphrase. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? So my first introduction to him, though, as an actual actor was The Scorpion King. Mm. Love that movie. Well, yeah. like, the no, The Mummy Returns, when he's, like, the, like the little small bit he has as a Scorpion King. Then yeah. I also do, like, the Scorpion terrible King. CGI Scorpion. Yeah, that horrible CGI. I mean, come on, it was, like, 2003, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so that's where I first saw him as an actor, and then, you know, he just slowly progress to what he is now, which I think is really awesome. Mm. And and I think, and we talked about this before on the show, kind of comparing him to other wrestlers that became actors like uh, Hulk Hogan or a Roddy Piper or John Cena or even somebody like a David Batista who, who's on a really good run right now. I think the thing that kind of separates The Rock from those guys is he was put in starring roles right out of the gate and kind of had to learn how to be an actor you know, on the way, like on job training. And then uh, we've seen some ups and downs so far with his first few films. And yeah. I think the game plan is an interesting film to look at because it's the rock playing a rock role. You know, he's an athlete, he's a hero, but I think he takes some chances in this movie, which we'll get into. Uh, but before we look forward, we have to look back for a segment we like to call the time war. And the time warp is basically where we look at what was going on in pop culture, particularly in music, at the time this film came out. And since we've got two special guests this week, I decided to pick two 
songs from the chart. So the first one is tailored to Chris. The second one is tailored to Britney. Uh, so the game plan premiered on September 23rd in 2007. Chris, do you know what was the number one song on the Billboard 100 charts that week? You said 2007? Yep. Um, damn. Uh, I, I'm going to try to get this man uh give me five four three <laughs> two uh is it is it uh give it to me uh by timberland or um i don't know uh, that, that is a very good guess because uh justin timberlake timberland they were real hot around this time but no that is incorrect Brittany, you got any guesses Mm, I feel like I didn't listen to too much of the radio back then, unless it's like Fall Out Boy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a Beyonce song too back then, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, okay. Beyonce. So we're going with Beyonce here. This artist is about as far away from Beyonce as you can get, and I'm a little shocked that this song is actually this old. Uh, the number one song on the Billboard 100 charts this week. Soldier Boy, tell him. Soldier Boy, tell him. Hey, I got this new damn for y'all called a Soldier Boy. You got a punch, then crack back three times from left to right. Soldier Boy, I'm in it. Why me crack it? Why me roll? Why me crack that Soldier Boy? That Superman, that all. Now why me? Crack that Soldier Boy. Now why me? Crack that Soldier Boy. Now why me? Crack that Soldier Boy. Now why me? Crank that song, 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 now I remember being in, I was in high school and that song was out, so that makes sense, but right, yeah. I didn't think that would have been number one. Yeah, I mean, he, he taught us how to, you know, Superman uh, those, right. those uh, women uh, yeah, to clean yeah. it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, Soldier <laughs> oh, Boy yeah. had Soldier Boy had a season, you know, Soldier oh, yeah. Boy had a, a, a hot 12 to 16 months and then he was gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Britney was in high school in 2007, then she definitely is going to know somebody that I know. I promise you that. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it off the air. But yeah, oh, if, you, okay. if you were in Duarte in 2007, you know oh, yeah. a family that I know. Wow. Uh, there's no way you don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very inside L.A. right here. Uh, um <laughs> But the, the other song, and this is tailored a little bit more to Britney, because, yes, I, I know Britney's musical tastes and, and her musical proclivities. Uh, so I looked at the alternative rock charts for this week, Britney. Uh-huh. September 23rd, 07. Do you know what the number one song on the alternative charts was that week? I want to say... Um... This ain't a scene. It's a goddamn arms race. Ooh. <laughs> Fallout boy. That's a great guess. And I like the remix with Kanye. 
I do too. Uh, <laughs> I, it can't be Mr. Brightside because I feel like Mr. Brightside was 04 or 05. Mm, you got any guesses, Chris? And you said it was uh, t- September? September 23rd, 07. Um, September 23rd, 07. Um, and I'll give it, you a it, hint. Could it be stronger, faster, and all that? Or is it... Um... Ooh, I was going to give you a hint. I was going to say this artist or the, this group has a connection to Prince. Oh, um, damn. In 2007, they have a connection to Prince. Alicia Keys. Mm, no, it is not Alicia Keys. It is yeah. not Fallout Boy. The number one song on the alternative chart uh, back in September of 07 was in the middle of a 19-week run at the top, so pretty much one of the biggest songs of the year uh, in alternative rock. It was the Foo Fighters' Pretender. Yes, and and of course, the connection with Prince Chris is at the Super Bowl that year. Prince did the best of me. He covered the best of me, and that was kind of a response to the Foo Fighters back in 03 doing a cover of Darling Nikki. Oh, okay. Cool, yeah. That that, that Super Bowl halftime was was great. Still one of the best ones. It's the best one of all time, in my opinion. Playing Purple Rain in the rain with the Florida A&M band. Come on. Like, this guy took the rain and turned it into a prop. (laughs) Who else does that? Prince does that because he's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, that is what was going on back in 03. But now, folks, it is time to get into this motion picture. The Game Plan, which is directed by Andy Frickman. Andy Fickman. I want to give the man his proper credit. Uh, Produced by Mark Ciardi and Gordon Gray. Written by Nicole Millard. Catherine Price and Audrey Wells and starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, starring Kira Sedgwick, debatable, starring Morris Chestnut, also debatable, starring <laughs> Rosalind Sanchez and starring Madison Pettis. And out of those five names, there's really two stars, like everybody else right. is kind of background. Uh, but in terms of box office, this film had a budget of $22 million. Do either one of you know how much this movie made? It, I think it made, like, it, it was a lot. Because I remember Disney what, wanted to just keep the rock. So I'm going to guess something like $147, 48 $49 million, Okay. Something like that. You going higher or lower than that, Brittany? Um, I want to say... I don't know. I feel like it did probably pretty well. As, as I would say it's probably around there. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I think it did pretty well. Okay, 
This movie, like I said, had a budget of $22 million. And, Chris, you are right in the ballpark. It made $147 million. The millions. Millions of dollars. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I knew it was had to be one of those because I just remember that this movie, Disney signed him to a few things after this. <laughs> yeah, they, this was kind of the start of his yeah. relationship with Disney because then he would go on to do Witch Mountain. He did uh, the Tooth Fairy. Fairy. Yep. Yeah. And uh, there's, uh, well, he's still doing Disney stuff today because he's doing the, the Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So, yeah. And it all started here with the game plan. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was just. Um, the Rock is one of those guys, like you said, he had to learn on the job. He's he's just so talented and just has this natural charisma about him. Where even if you, it's it's like a basketball player that you find like maybe in Africa or something like in the air up there, where he might not know the fundamentals of basketball just yet, but if you can bring him in, you know he's teachable, right? Mm. And that's what the Rock is. Um, is he's he's got so much charisma, you just have to kind of mold it and figure out where you're gonna put this guy. Mm. But yeah, that's that's a great analogy and points for the air up there reference. <laughs> the, the underrated Kevin Bacon '90s sports movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to Africa and finds a random African dude to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so let's let's kind of start talking about this movie by talking about the characters. We have The Rock, who is playing Joe Kingman, who is this universe's version of Tom Brady. Like he's the most famous quarterback in the NFL? Question mark. Like right. there's there's some wonky stuff with the football teams here in the, in this story because you've got like real ESPN personalities and and real sportscasters and stuff in this movie. But the football league is predominantly made up of fake teams, like the Rock plays for the Boston Rebels, and their chief rival is the New York Dukes. And it's like, right. I, I don't know. I don't know what Those we got going on. Names. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know it's like there's this weird thing that this rule about the NFL, because you know on how it shows ballers, they use actual NFL teams. Yeah. And there's this roundabout way that they get away with it, and that's more co- way more controversial than the game plan. But they there's a loophole how they get away with it on uh, ballers, and I don't know why Disney couldn't get away with it on this show. Uh, but, um, yeah. Yeah, because Disney hasn't had enough money to – to strike the deal with the NFL, I think it would have added a bit of realism if he was playing right. for the New England Patriots instead of the Boston Rebels. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that I, was kinda I cool. like Boston Rebels. You like the <laughs> Boston Rebels feel the magic. magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but getting back to Rocky, he plays Joe Kingman. He's like the star quarterback for this football team. He is, you know, great. But he is also portrayed as being very self-absorbed, very selfish. Uh, he doesn't really get along with his teammates. He, his personal life, he, he's seen dating these women that are uh, physically attractive, but they don't really offer much in terms of substance. And it's, it's a very unique role that we kind of see The Rock put in at times where he's supposed to be unlikable. 
Like the character right. is unlikable, but because he's the Rock, we still like like him anyway. So what you what you make of uh, the Rock in this star role as Joe King and Brittany? Did did he did he work as this football hero for you? I mean, yeah, I just that's the only thing. If he was really supposed to be like, eh, you don't like him, he was just too charming. Because I think that's just the Rock. He's just a charming individual. Um, but I think as a whole, it worked as a kids movie. So. I don't know, a lot of fun. I think this movie's adorable. Like, I don't know. There's, I don't know. I just like this movie. It's cute. Okay. Oh, like, Brit- Brittany tipping, scene. tipping her hands early on her feelings on the game plan. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the the second person in this movie who you could argue uh, is the star of the movie, uh, even maybe more so than The Rock, uh, and that is Madison Pettis as Peyton, The Rock's right. daughter. What What do we make of Peyton? Because I've I like Peyton, but I, there are some qualms I have with with uh, the way she's portrayed in the movie. What do you think about Peyton, Chris? Um, she is very, very adorable. Um, I've seen her in some stuff recently as an adult. Um, she's she's uh, turning into a, a beautiful woman, but she's she was so adorable. Um, I really did enjoy her interaction. Um, she wasn't like I. I'll be one hundred percent honest with you that like. 60% of the time I like kids in movies, or I don't like kids in movies, mm. there's only a small percent of the time where I can tolerate a kid in the movie. Um, and she could, and I was able to tolerate her. And she looks so much like The Rock. Um, yeah. And um, she um, was, like I said, she's just very, very adorable uh, as, a, as a little girl in this movie. Yeah, she is, she is cute as a button. I, and I think the physical resemblance to The Rock really works. Uh there's some crazy stuff that happens with The Rock sometimes that we can get into with right. the casting of his family, where I don't know if Hollywood knows, like, does he have a Samoan family? Does he have yeah. a black family? Does he have a white family? For well, some like, well, that's the thing, too. This, this was an easy, and, that, and that's a problem I had with this. This was a slam dunk. Madison Pettis is half black. Um, <laughs> and just... I don't know what the problem was with 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 the casting, but it was it was very very whitewashed, and it was it seemed almost whitewashed for no reason, um, in my opinion. It just it just didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I kind of get it in a roundabout way. I don't think that kind of casting would. I don't think that would fly in um, twenty nineteen. Mm. I think people would complain about it. I mean, I think overall, like, she's really good in her role, and she's adorable, like Chris said. But, um, yeah, I do think when she's supposed to be mixed and The Rock is already mixed, uh, you know, and the mom is supposed to be, was it white? Yeah, because the, uh, the uh, white, aunt then, is white, so we're presuming that the mom was white, too. Yeah, so then it's just she would be a lot more white passing than what Madison is. So, yeah, I can see where that is. As some people don't know when it comes to biracial characters, people don't know how to cast them correctly in their family. Yeah. Like you see it all the time. Yeah, like, that, exactly. that doesn't make sense. I just think it's something they don't think about and they don't realize that like, no, like, you know, in the movie, um, that's the one with, uh, Ruth, uh, Ruth Nega. And she got like, she was nominated for, was it called loving? Yeah. That and was a good one. Like, yeah. Supposed- yeah, and she herself is mixed, but she's supposed to be playing someone who's not mixed, you know. 
So that's like a thing too, or like they don't know how to cast. I think it makes people correctly mm. in a way. And, and I think like the Rock is, in itself, the Rock just as an entity poses a lot of issues mm-hmm. for Hollywood in general uh, because he's black and Samoan. But we don't re- we don't really ever see the Rock kind of lean into the black side of his heritage in, in a lot of these movies. So he's played as either a Samoan guy or he just kind of is every man USA, Reef like, you know, walking tall. Right. Yeah. He was very much like yeah. just a generic American dude. Yeah. Like, like the, I think the closest was probably um, him in, uh, in uh, the, the, the walking tall or even um, the one he did where the game plan where his mother was that very dark skinned actor. Oh, oh uh, you, uh, you mean, uh, uh, in Gridiron Gang. Gridiron Gang, that's the Yeah, one. that didn't make any sense at all because The Rock was playing, we talked about this on the last episode, the guy in real life that The Rock was portraying was super Caucasian. Right, And yeah. because The Rock was cast as this Caucasian man, I guess they felt that his mother couldn't be Caucasian, so they went the complete opposite way and got yeah. a super dark-skinned black woman to play The Rock's mom, which didn't make any sense in the movie. The Rock is definitely, the, it, 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 he's got so many lanes and so many people want to claim him, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the blacks want to claim him, Samoans want to claim him, whites want to claim him, sure, you know, <laughs> you know Chinese want to claim him. It does, I mean, everybody's like, yeah, The Rock is part this. Everybody wants a piece that. of The Rock. For real, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, my only thing with Peyton uh in this movie, again, like I think she's adorable. I, li- I like the, the the choice of casting uh, somebody who clearly can resemble the Rock's daughter. But I thought at times, and I don't know if this was her acting, Brittany, or the script, but I thought at times she got a little too precocious. Mm. Like she like, felt a little too a- like yeah, she's a little too smart. Like yeah, outsmarting grown adults. Yeah. That's yeah, the Hollywood but it, thing, but. That is, but also I think sometimes we also underestimate kids at the same time. Kids are very smart and super observant. It just, I think, because maybe we weren't that way as kids or, you know, we just have an idea that kids are just like, I don't know, because they're not an adult. They don't see things or they don't understand things, but I think that's not true. I babysat my cousins for a long time, and <laughs> the kids are smart. They just sometimes choose to be you know, they choose to act like they're not or they're not paying attention, I think, because that's how my little cousins are. They're super smart, but they can be terrible demon children. So, like... <laughs> so, I what you're that, saying is the next time you babysit your cousin and they tell you they have to go to ballet school and their uh, their mom said they could go to ballet school, you'll believe them? No, because I know their mom would not send them to ballet school. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... But I, especially when you, I, I, I don't know. It sounds like her aunt wasn't fully always paying attention because she was always traveling and going to different places. So it's like, I mean, let, yeah, let's just—I'm I'm going to put it out there, and you can say I'm being judgmental. Her aunt was a bad caretaker. Yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, so. you know, she thinks she dropped her off at ballet school and never like decided to never check in until I finally call and say like, hey, she's not like been around. Like I don't know, she was only texting her, so it's like. I feel like when you're dropping a kid off at an actual other place that you're not going to be there for a while, I would actually call the place to make sure the kid is there. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. 
That's just me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to kind of get into the other characters, but like I said, they're like the football team is very generic. And as much as I like Morris Chestnut, they don't give him a whole lot to do. Uh, the ballet stuff with Rosalind Sanchez is interesting at times, but again, it's very much a subplot. And then we've got uh, Kira Sedgwick as the Rock's manager who is weaved in and out of the movie, but I don't think they give her a whole lot to do, which is, like, she's a great actress, but she feels really underutilized to me. Right. So what my impression of this movie was they just had these names. Because um, they're, at the very least, Morris Chestnut is a B-list, B-level actor because people know who he is. But it was just like Kara Cedric, Rosalind Sanchez, um, and these people, even Brian J. White to a lesser extent, they were all there to kind of pad the movie and to just put... Yeah, Brian J. White was in this movie. Yeah, yeah I, forget, they, they, I keep forgetting about Brian J. White, who was yeah. uh, another sports movie connection. He was T-Rex in Mr. 3000. Right, yeah. So they were, like, like they were there to, um, like, add star power, so... The Rock is in this movie, and to show that he's a leading man by mm. giving him these good, great co-stars, but then they're not really there to do anything, just to kind of make The Rock this to solidify him as an A-lister. That's a that's a really good point, Chris, and and it's something we we looked at when we did uh, the rundown, Brittany. A lot of Rock's early movies. He's certainly the star of the movie. He's the focal point of the movie, but he's surrounded by a bunch of veteran actors that can kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting for him. Yeah, and I think it's also, um, just in case people still weren't sure who The Rock is, you know what I mean? Like, it was (laughs) to surround him by other well-known people to get to kind of ensure that people were going to come through. You know, that's how I feel like a lot of his earlier movies were kind of like... None. I'm, I'm just imagining, huh? Brittany, somebody like looking in the newspaper like, hmm, should we go see the game plan starring The Rock? I don't know about that guy. But, hold on, Kira Cedric, the, the closer is in this? We're going to see this movie. I mean, I'm yeah. sure with a kid movie, it's a little different. Because kid movies, it's, they're more li- it's more likely to make more money in general just because of families go out to see it because it's something the whole family can mm. go to. And it's just usually kind of that's how it is in general. It's expected. Like even some of the kid movies that aren't that great, they still kind of make decent money because it, again, it's something that they can actually families can all go to and see. So that's why they usually do so well. So probably with the casting with this one, that's probably why it just seems like it's a little bit off, but I feel like for rock in general, they were probably trying to surround him with veteran actors mm. so that they can ensure more people are coming in. But when you have a Disney movie and it's 100% like a kid, happy family-centered movie. Yeah, of course, the movie's going to do decent at the box office, regardless of who's in it. Yeah, I mean, The Rock is a star, but ultimately, you, you come in to see the house of mouse. You know, Mickey, Mickey is the draw here. Right. Uh, but just kind of going through some of the story beats here, it starts off with The Rock as Joe Kingman, this self-centered quarterback, this star, you know, the biggest star in Boston, and he is greeted at the door one evening by... His daughter, who he was unaware of until this moment, and she comes up with this story telling The Rock that uh, her aunt died and her mom t- 
told her to go to Boston for ballet school or whatever, and she looked them up. And uh, then we we get kind of The Rock and Peyton going through a series of growing pains where she is just this annoyance, this this burden in his life. And it it continues on that way until The Rock enrolls her in a ballet class. And that's, that's when things kind of start turning the corner. So, Brittany, you had mentioned uh, how much – you love these ballet scenes uh, in, in the movie. Uh, what, what did you make of Rosalind Sanchez's uh, character as the ballet instructor and then The Rock, you know, in these ballet scenes? I enjoyed it. I I feel like Rosalind Sanchez is so great. There's more than what she gets now. I don't know. Mm. She's, I, I really enjoy her. Um, but it's fun. it was fun watching her to, I think, actually be the mother figure that, uh, uh, you know, Peyton had been lacking. And those scenes were huge. I, I don't know. I just love the whole and all the football players and they're like tutus and trying to learn ballet. Like, I find it hilarious. <laughs> it's cute. I don't know. I mean, it's like easy kind of slapstick comedy, but it's fun. It works. Mm. Right. What about you, Chris? I, I'm the same. I, I agree with Brittany. I think this movie is like the 90s Disney movies we grew up with, Nate. Like, you know, your Mighty Ducks and mm. Angels in the Outfield and all of that stuff. I, I grouped this movie in with that with those movies. I think that I did... I didn't like the way they introduced uh, Madison Pettis. I thought it was PG dumbfuckery. Just for the sake of Pete. Because, I mean, this okay, the guy's a former athlete. I know it's a Disney movie, but when you're an athlete, mm. things happen, you know? You're going to have an illegitimate child here and there. <laughs> That's just how it goes. I, don't I mean, know it, it, you know, you sign your signing bonus, you get a sneaker contract, you get an illegitimate child. Yes, exactly. So I don't understand why they had to add this Oh, he was married to her, and they let. Yeah, it was stupid. It, it just make her illegitimate. Mm. I'm illegitimate. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Most children in 2019 are born that way. None of us are. A lot of us are not here from happy married couples. There are some that you know were the result of flings. And Honestly, that would make, to Brittany's point earlier about how The Rock is very likable, even though he's supposed to be this jerk. I think yeah. if, if they went your way, Chris, and just made uh, Peyton the result of a one-night stand, that makes The Rock look more of a jerk than in this story where he didn't know. Like he, It yeah. wasn't that he was absent from her life by choice. He just didn't know. Yeah, it's like if, like if you want to make him a jerk, make him a dude – that he could still not know if you don't want to make him too big of a jerk, but make him a guy that's, you know, a womanizer, slept with this woman, she had this kid, didn't want to tell him, she dies, whatever, you know? But I just didn't like like that. That was a big problem for me with this movie. Mm, and I will get to one of my favorite gags, though, in the movie, Brittany, and... It was one that was played in the trailer over and over, and it even seeing it in the trailer, it still works every time I watch the movie. Um, and that's the cinnamon gag. 
Oh yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. The Rock, Brit love uh, Britney. Uh, I love that. Peyton uh, cooks the Rock some cookies, bakes the Rock some cookies, and cinnamon is one of the ingredients. And the Rock is like, cinnamon. I, he has the quickest allergic reaction I've ever seen because he goes from what's in these cookies to there's cinnamon in them. Cinnamon. I'm allergic to cinnamon. And then he has to go shoot uh, these promos for the Boston Rebels, Brittany. He's like, Boston Rebels, feel the magic. <laughs> Experience the I don't know. It gets me every time. It gets me every time. And, like, I've seen that. I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. But every time I watch it, I still laugh so hard at that. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's... <laughs> and I think that, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Like, yes, he's this big, physically imposing specimen. Uh, although it is worth noting in this movie, he's not as big as we've seen him up to this point and certainly not as big as he would get later on, uh, particularly like in the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, you know, he actually mm-hmm. looks kind of normal in this movie. Uh, but like, yeah, he's this big jock kind of dude, but he's got great comedic timing. And I thought that 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 cinnamon bit was was really funny. I think the the stuff in the ballet class with him dancing with the little girls uh, that works comedically. Uh, so that there are some points in this movie that I, that I do enjoy with the Rock and Peyton's interaction. Yeah, I thought the um, cinnamon part was pretty funny. That's one part that I remember about this movie. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, this is a this is a harmless movie for for the kids. <laughs> they should put that uh, on the poster. The yeah. game plan. It's a harmless movie. Right, yeah. They don't even want to talk about illegitimate children in the movie. So, I mean, it's like, you know, this is... This is, this course, is a, it's Disney. It's as harmless as it gets. You know? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What do you mean, Brittany? Disney is built on illegitimate children. All those yeah, princess gonna, movies? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. None of the princesses have fathers. <laughs> They, like, they usually either, it, uh, have one parent, but one is dead. I think, yeah, that we have one parent's always dead. Uh, Belle, she had her mother's dead, and then like all she has is her father, and then he gets kidnapped. Like, well, yeah, the, Disney doesn't have a good track record with parents. Yeah, and, and Angel's huh? in an outfield. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt's dad was at least a deadbeat. It wasn't like this squeaky clean, let's <laughs> PG it up kind of thing. This dude was a loser. Uh, and then in this movie, it's like they got to, like, you know, it, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, cookie. Like, I thought it was cotton candy, and it didn't have to be that cotton candy mm. on that part. Like, PG, mean, you can do that in a PG movie. You, know? <laughs> you can have an illegitimate oh, child yeah. in a PG movie. You know? uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't know if Disney's ever done, like, the actual, like, for real storyline with an illegitimate child line kind of thing. I don't know if they've done that before, so that's why I'm like, I can see Disney being like, oh, anything but that. So so what you're saying, Brittany, is in an alternate universe, Peyton is actually a Disney princess because she doesn't have a mother and her father is the king? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You just... That follows every... That's almost every... Uh, this movie there's one parent missing usually and usually they were supposed to be married so i mean that's why i feel like it's always what disney has done like 
regardless if one parent is missing or one parent isn't that good of a parent or whatever. Yeah, they were and then the fathers are child. like that's what the, I. Mean. Yeah, and the mothers are always the, the jerks in the Disney movies. The fathers are the, the good guys in the Disney movies. <laughs> they're they're either there or the mother's dead in a Disney movie. Mm. There, there's some interesting psychology going on in these Disney movies in terms of their family dynamics. But uh, that, that's a conversation for another show. Uh, let's get into uh, some of the other beats uh, as this thing goes on because we get to a point where uh, everything's going good and, you know, the Rock and Peyton, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. The ballet recital goes over like gangbusters. There's this subplot with the Rock and... Rosalind Sanchez, where they're they're sparking the flames of some relationship, uh, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Spoiler alert! Uh, but things are going good for the Rock. Things are going good for Joe and Peyton. But then Peyton, uh, the the Rock's like, you know, summer's winding down. You got to go and uh, stay with your mother. You got to go back to your mother. And there starts to become some friction, and we get, in my opinion maybe the best scene of the movie because the rock gets really angry at Peyton and uh, Joe kind of goes back to his selfish ways. And he's like, you know, you're, you're just like your mother. And, and that really strikes a chord with Peyton and she goes into her room and she doesn't want to come out. And how in the world is this, is the rock is Joe Kingman is this new father going to reach his daughter, Brittany. There's only one way for Joe Kingman to reach his daughter. And that's through the power of Elvis Presley. Elvis. Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory stray to a bright sunny day when I kiss you? I wonder why I am singing this for When you will not even open the door Don't want to see you Well, how about you open the door with your eyes closed? That wasn't so bad. Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lonesome tonight? Whoa, 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 whoa. Won't you open your eyes? Give your dad surprise tell me Peyton are you lonesome tonight <laughs> yeah um, there was a little while where I think Disney was like yeah pro Elvis because they did Lilo and Stitch so I think around that time or a couple years after that was also very like 
We love Elvis, so. Mm. And, and uh, for like a little bit of trivia that people might not know, The Rock is a huge Elvis fan. So this kind of plays into yeah. his his fandom of Elvis Presley. Right. He, and he does that impression. Yeah. He used to do it on WWE all the time. Good, Very good at it. Yeah, he did. Matter of fact, uh, was that where SmackDown Hotel came from? Chris yeah, was, that, that was exactly exactly where it came from. Yeah, there, there's a clip. I forget on uh, whether it was Raw or uh, a pay-per-view or SmackDown or something, uh, Brittany, but he's like uh, – castigating somebody and he's like well since rock's baby left him he found a new place to dwell it's down at the end of jabroni street the smackdown hotel <laughs> like, okay okay rock yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah he sings uh what, what does he sing uh are you lonesome tonight is what he sings yeah are you lonesome yeah. tonight uh to peyton and it's, it's very sweet and uh, and it's like it's like, okay, then, yeah, I, I get why they cast him in, in this movie besides, you know, just having the name of The Rock on the marquee. Uh, what did you make of that scene with the two of them right there, Chris? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was cute. I thought it was, um, I, I thought it was really trying to um, diversify what The Rock could do and just uh, establish this guy as a, as, as even though he's a big muscle guy, which is, He's definitely off of whatever he's on. <laughs> he's off of whatever in this movie. He's not looking big and hulking and stuff. But it's, it does show the uh, human side of him. And you, it, it's definitely a precursor uh, for what's to come. The Rock really did need these early Disney films like that. That 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 these are very essential to his career. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so we get into the second half of this movie where The Rock and Peyton, there's a bit of friction. He smooths it over by this great musical number. And so things seem to be going good. And The Rock takes Peyton out on a date with Rosalind Sanchez. I can't remember her character's name. I have it down here somewhere. It's... uh. What is it, Rosalind? Oh, Monique Vasquez. Yeah. Or Vasquez. So uh, it's The Rock, Monique, and Peyton. And then they're out, and Peyton ends up getting sick because she has, uh, I think, nut allergies. Nut allergies. And so she gets sick, and so The Rock has to take her to the hospital. And my man Joe Kingman picks up this little girl and runs about a good mile and a half, two miles to the hospital. Doesn't wait for the ambulance. Doesn't wait for, you know, uh, Monique to bring the car around so they can drive to the hospital. He's running across the bridge with the little girl, takes her to the hospital. And this is where the aunt is introduced because the aunt sees this broadcast. You know, it's, it's on the news uh, that professional quarterback mm-hmm. Joe Kingman has to take his daughter to the hospital. So the aunt's like, what the hell is going on? She goes to Boston, goes to the hospital, and she's like, you know what? You're irresponsible. I'm taking Peyton home. And The Rock's like, well, where's her mother? And that's where we get the M. Night Shyamalan twist, Brittany. The mother's dead. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at this point, like, what, what did you make of that kind of twist in the movie? And also how they kind of portray the dynamic between Peyton and, and her aunt in this story. Brittany, you um, should probably take that. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know, because it, it really did kind of, that whole entire finding out that she didn't realize that she was gone until she saw the news footage, and she wasn't at the right school. It was just, like, it just once seemed like she wasn't a good mom, like, a good caretaker, and then on top of it, knowing that her, like, mom was already dead, so it was just, like, this poor girl, like, she had really probably felt like she had no one, and of course she wouldn't go looking for her dad, like, Maybe he's gonna, you know, actually be decent and take care of me. So like, it it all made it made sense for where she came from and going that way. But it's still also like to say that he was irresponsible is kind of just like, well, I mean, you didn't realize your uh, niece had been missing for like months. Like that's an issue. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's more irresponsible. The lady who didn't realize that her niece was missing for months or <laughs> wasn't aware that their kid had a peanut out. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't aware that peanut it's, out. It's obviously, reality. it's clearly the aunt because The Rock, yes, he's her father, but he's only known this kid for what? A month or two at best? Yeah. 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 I, I, I definitely put more of it on the aunt just because of the situation. Like you said, The Rock didn't even know she existed before. Um, like a couple weeks earlier or whatever. Yeah, so it, it turns out that the mother died in a car accident. The Rock didn't know that. Uh, and so the aunt's like, you know what? Joe, you're not ready to be a father. I'm taking Peyton home with me. And Peyton's like, yeah, uh, I want to go home. In, in part because she feels like she's brought all this trouble into Joe Kingman's life. And so... Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Brittany's over there in her fields. <laughs> yeah, um, I so, so, we go to the big game because we can't call it the Super Bowl because they weren't able to work out a deal with the NFL. We go to the big game between the Boston Rebels and the New York Dukes. And a little fun bit of trivia, Chris, this actually was supposed to be the Patriots and the Giants because this was like the original script had the NFL names in it. Oh, okay. Uh, and this was based on the 07 regular season where the Patriots played the Giants in the last game of the regular season, and then they met again in the Super Bowl where Eli Manning and them boys beat up on Tom Brady. Uh, and so this was supposed to kind of reflect real life, but they couldn't get the NFL licenses, so we're stuck with the Rebels and the Dukes. Uh, so in the game, The Rock gets injured, Uh they separate his shoulder, which is a, an allusion to uh, a real-life injury he got playing football at the University of Miami. And the Rock's, like, in the locker room, and he's like, you know what? You know, I had a good run. It's not going to happen this year. And all of a sudden, Peyton is in the uh, trainer's room. And she's like, Joe, you can't give up, Joe. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And turns out the aunt and Peyton came back to support Joe Kingman in his time of need. And we get this scene, Chris, which is right. super dramatic and also super unrealistic where The Rock hadn't been cleared by the trainers, hadn't gone through the protocol, walks across midfield with Peyton. First of all, why, is they, letting, why are they letting this little girl out on the field? Uh, <laughs> second, second of all, they had time to create a jersey for Peyton. Uh, and they walk out on the field. And Rock's like, I'm going back in, coach. And the coach is like, all right, Joe, give him hell or whatever he says. And the Rock learns somehow over the course of this movie to not be selfish. 
And instead of running the ball, which he did in the opening scene of the movie where he could have passed to Morris Chestnut, but he chose to run the ball, he actually passes to Morris Chestnut. And Morris Chestnut scores, and the Boston Rebels win the, win the championship, Brittany. They win the big game. Yeah, I felt the magic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so t- t- did that did that scene work for you? I mean, it's yeah, obviously it's so unrealistic, but it was cute. I mean, it's a cute movie. That, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna talk about it. It's a cute movie, so I, it's like you know, hey, whatever. But yeah, no, of course, like you, if you seriously hurt your shoulder, they're not gonna be like, oh yeah, out and play and possibly make it worse where you can't ever play again. Like no, they're gonna be like, yeah, no, you can't play. Sorry, dude. But it's a kids' movie and it's fictional, so of course he was able to play and not get more uh, injured than what he was, and you know, I mean, that's just what it is. It's tell. Oh, what what about you, Chris? Did, 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 did it, you enjoy this thrilling conclusion? I mean, it was what it was. I, at this point of the movie, I just kind of accepted that it was a lot of fluff. And um, it's it was a movie that I could sit through, you know. Um, so mm. I was I was OK with it. I had I had no as outrageous as a lot of this stuff was um, like even the even the. the him trying to get the aunt trying to get custody from him, and that was kind of stupid too. I've worked in family court. If, <laughs> if your dad is a is 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 a is a football player, um, he can afford nannies and stuff like that. No judge is gonna unless you're just living the most reckless life possible. Mm. You'll and she's your actual daughter. You're gonna get your daughter. I don't. <laughs> but but it's I understand the dramatic effect and stuff, so it worked. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you talked about you talked about fluff, and I want to get Brittany's thoughts as a, as a professional actress, as somebody that 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 understands the inner workings of Hollywood. We had a whole subplot with uh, Kira Sedgwick trying to secure The Rock yes. an endorsement from Fanny's Burgers, and at one point in the movie, Peyton's like, "Fanny's Burgers give you gas." And that's not just a throwaway line, folks. That is that is a, the signs of a good writer planting the seeds for something that would bloom later on in the third act. And we get Kira Sedgwick sitting with Kira Sedgwick, the closer, mind you, a professional actress who is here with the, the head of Fanny's Burgers. She's eating Emmy the Fanny order. Burgers. And then all of a sudden, she starts to get the bubble guts, Brittany. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, hey, they did what one of the things that my screenwriter taught us was if you're going to put it in your script, make sure you come back to it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there you go. Like, they, he was literally like, if you're going to mention anything, even if it doesn't seem that important, you might want to circle back to it. And that's what I'm like, I've mentioned on Black Lightning all the time is how, like, on the show Lost, they're very good at, like, mentioning something very tiny and going back to it and making sure, like, every little thing matters. This one was more of also a gag that they knew that they had to keep running to go with. So, of course, they're not going to fall through on that. Like, that's the one thing they set up so well. If they had fell through on that, that would have sucked. So, so what you're saying, Brittany, is this was a Chekhov's fart joke? Yeah. You have to, you have to if you're going to lay up a fart joke, you can, you're not going to, like, drop it, are you? Come on. <laughs> Especially for your kids. Like, 
Little kids, when someone farts, kids laugh. I mean, even adults still laugh when someone, like, farts or whatever. So it's just like, you're, it's a cheap laugh. You're not going to miss your opportunity for a cheap laugh. Like, I don't know. And it would have been, I would have been a bad writer call on their part to not, like, follow through with that one. <laughs> let's, let's talk real quick about some of the comedy in this movie. Because there are parts, like we talked about, like the cinnamon that I think works really well. But there's, like, a character in particular that doesn't work for me at all in this movie, and that is uh, your boy Cooper, played by Hayes McArthur, who's, like, the epitome of the dumb jock on the team. Like, there's a lot of comedy with Cooper that I think just... Like, you're right, Brittany, it might work for kids, but as as a complete narrative and kind of going back and reviewing this movie, I got it done without a lot of Cooper's jokes. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think, like, again, I think it was just mainly for kids to laugh at. If, you know, the kids who are maybe slightly older where they would understand that, like, that's so ridiculous. This guy is so, like, he doesn't know anything. Like, you know, like, little kids are going to be like, oh, that's cute or whatever. I'm not cute, but, like, oh, that's funny. So that's probably what it was for, more for kids than, like, you know, adults. So that's the thing we get usually with kids movies there's not all of them but a good amount of them have more things that cater towards the kids than the adult audiences so this this, uh, i think was just one of those movies that was more catering towards kids Mm. what's your take on the comedy in this movie chris particularly some of the stuff with like cooper yeah hayes mcarthur he's a good actor i've seen him be good in certain things um but it's just yeah in this movie it was like he was probably of all the characters in the movie, um, he was probably maybe the most disposable one, um, because one he's not a name, so you really don't know who he is unless you're just paying special attention to the credits on a haunted house two or uh, <laughs> stuff like that. You're you're not gonna know who this guy is, so he was really not needed. I thought the the actors that they have in there um, are uh, were fine. Um, and you know, the comedy itself was just like the, even with the fart and stuff, let's get back to that for a second. (laughs) Kira Cedric is a Emmy award winning actress. She's a golden globe award winning actress. I don't know how much they paid her to do this movie, but it had to be enough because she is the, she is the distinguished actor much better than this material um so it 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 had to be something you know you know what this reminds me of chris and and i think it's a good comparison (laughs) because it's another disney movie it reminds me of when they did the uh live action 101 dalmatians right and at the end of both of those movies they had like this ridiculous setup for Glenn Close to be humiliated and you have this esteemed actress like uh, covered in cake dough or cookie batter or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah, and it just it just doesn't really go with what you know of that person, right? But like you said though, I like if if Disney is giving you that big check and they're like, "Hey, you're going to have to do the Fanny's Burger fart joke." Like, how how many uh additions can I put on my home? Okay. Right, how, yeah. how many takes you need? <laughs> Yeah, and, and she looks like she's having fun in the movie, too, and you have to give her credit for that. She doesn't look like, oh, my God, I got to do this 
stupid movie for this guy who doesn't know anything about acting. It looks like she's happy to be there, right? Mm. So I, I'll give her I'll give her all the credit in the world because I know a lot of actors who, if they had to do the same thing, probably wouldn't have been as generous as she was. So. Mm. I think after a point, people have to realize for actors that it, it's a job, and if it's going to pay well, like, you know, with actors, you do your job, especially if you're mainly only doing movies, you're going to be in that movie for, like, two, three months, and then you move on to your next job, or you might take a break, whatever, but, like, it's a job, and it's Disney, and it's probably pretty well paid, so, like, yeah, mm. of course, you're going to be like, yeah, let's do it, you know, it's just, that's all, it, like, yeah. that. at the end of the day, it's, like, it's a job, and... If it pays well, yeah, of course you're going to do it. And you know you're not going to be there that long because as actors, you move on to the next job eventually. Right. So. so Disney, Hollywood, Kevin Feige, J.J. Abrams, what Brittany is saying is if you going to cut that check, she will fart in your movie. <laughs> yeah, I will. Oh, yeah. She, she will do a you. fart joke uh, in, the, <laughs> in the next Captain Marvel. I, yeah, I mean, you know, Jessica Drew, I'm pretty sure she would make a good fart joke. That seems like her thing. And, you know, I mean, hey. Now, this I is a very, very bold ready. take on Spider-Woman. Right, yeah. I mean, she would, I feel like, it, especially now that she has a kid, she would she would make a fart joke for her baby. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's hit one more thing before we get to our overall thoughts on the movie. And... This is a question that pertains to this movie, but I think we can also look at it overall with The Rock's career. And we mentioned off the top how sometimes Hollywood has issues casting his co-stars and his family because of the racial dynamics of, that come with dealing with The Rock. Uh, but I think you also see issues when it comes to romantic roles with The Rock. and. Right. There's like, like I said, there's the uh, subplot with The Rock and Monique in this movie. Doesn't really go anywhere. I didn't really expect it to, though, because like you said, it is primarily a kid's movie. But I feel like The Rock is oftentimes in movies, and Brittany, I'll let you speak to this first. I feel like The Rock is somebody who we can see as attractive and we, we can see why women are attracted to him. But he, he never feels like... He almost feels asexual to a point where The Rock is not a typical Hollywood love interest. He doesn't get to do the, the kind of things that a Bruce Willis or a Tom Cruise would get to do in their movies. Yeah, um, and I don't know if it's because they never know, like, what people will believe that he will, you know, date or be in a relationship with. But, I mean... If he and someone has really good chemistry together, I think it, it, at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter. But I've noticed that like a lot of his love interests are very off the place or whatever's going on in the story. Even if he has an established wife or girlfriend, mm. they don't have time to have those actual like moments. Or if they do, it's very brief just to introduce like, yeah, okay, they're a thing. And then they kind of like don't, don't really stay focused on that, which I understand like there's other things going on. But yeah, I think... I don't know. I think it's a weird, like, maybe they don't know how to sell, how to put it, like, I don't know. If it's, like, not a movie about a relationship, then I think they just don't know how to make it marketable. I think that's what the issue is, because, like, again, it comes down to casting his family. They don't know how to cast his family around him. So I think it's a lot of they don't know how to cast 
surrounding biracial people unless it's uh, something that's in the text already that like mm. it has to be this way. So I think that's an issue with Hollywood in general. Like they don't know where to put certain people because of like this defies like what they know is to be like it goes like this or something like that. I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but no, I think those are good points because I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like he is somebody, and and again, this might like this might all just be what the rock prefers like who knows maybe he just is somebody who doesn't feel comfortable doing more romantic roles and maybe that's just a personal preference of his but i think we see this a lot in particularly action movies and that you know that that to me is the bigger issue than something like the game plan which is a kids movie but in action movies we often see like the male lead be in a relationship with either his wife, his girlfriend, or the woman that he happens to run into over the course of this action adventure. And there's a relationship and there's chemistry and there's romance and there's sex. But we don't often see that when there's a black lead. Go back to a lot of Will Smith's movies when Will Smith was, you know, the, the guy that was putting out all these big bankable blockbusters. Will Smith was never, never really seen as a sex symbol. Denzel never really seen as a sex symbol. Uh, somebody like uh, who else would be kind of that black action star? Uh, Michael Jai White. You don't really get that from him in a lot of his movies. So maybe it's even bigger than The Rock in the sense that I don't know if Hollywood knows how to how to create a fully rounded black character that can be less than altruistic, that can be a bit of a jerk, that can be this action man, that can be a sexual being. Uh, like, again, I hate to keep going back to him, but like Bruce Willis, like Bruce Willis gets to do everything in the Bruce Willis movie. Sly Stallone mm-hmm. gets to do everything in the Sly Stallone movie. So, Chris, why, why do you think The Rock and, and to a larger extent other black action stars haven't really been allowed to go into that facet of the characters? OK, so with someone like a Denzel Washington, I think that's kind of a choice he mm-hmm. made um, a long time ago. Um, I know there was this controversy when he did the movie with uh, Julia Roberts. He didn't want to do the love scene to because he didn't want to upset his black female audience or something because mm. that's who he primarily plays to. Uh, with Will Smith, I'm not really sure what it is. You're, he, I, I kind of it might be a little bit of the same thing, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, with with The Rock. I think his thing is the, the, the thing with that with the rock that that Hollywood loves about him is he's just so dynamic in his look and that he can play so many different types of characters and I don't think I think casting directors are afraid of having him go too much one way or the other. I'm starting to see a little bit more like on Ballers, he had the white girlfriends, and he's got he had the black girlfriend on the last season. So you're you're starting to see a little bit more of that out of him. But um, I, I I I do think that for Rock, I don't see anything wrong with him if he wanted to do just a black movie if he did it once, or if he did like um, if he wanted to do multiracial movies with a bunch of different people, that's fine as well. Um, 
the the biggest thing is the movie's got to be good and I, I i do i don't think it's an accident i'm like you where with these actors that they're not getting cast in these uh move these movies that make them into sex symbols i think it's purposely done um but um hopefully with the rock since he is the most the top paid actor of 2019 Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more diversity out of him. Mm. I was trying to think, like, who is the non-white actor that we've seen do these kind of big blockbuster movies that gets to indulge in that, you know, romantic side? And I guess the only one we have, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Brittany, would would Keanu be, like, the only dude (laughs) that we got? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Keanu, and a lot of people don't even know that he himself is a person of color. Like a lot of people, yeah, don't he's know half, that. yeah, uh, he's half um, Asian, right? Yes. Like, yeah. And so. he's not even American; he's Canadian too. But um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably he's probably the only. Um, but that's that's the thing is he's white passing, and I don't think he's ever played a character where it's established that like, oh yeah, he's half Asian and half white. You know, like mm, I don't ever right. think that's ever been established anything he's ever played yeah, he's, he's kind of like the so, rock in that he gets to just play a guy like he's not a black guy he's not a white guy he's not an asian guy he's just a man yeah which i mean in some ways yes that's cool but then at the same time like but yeah no i think he is the only one who has gotten to have a love interest like the way we're talking about i think it's again because he's white passing and most people think he's white if and then you know so i think that's what it is because even I can't think of anyone and who besides him has had that. So I don't know. And hopefully it changed. Maybe with the the movie Shang Chi, it'll maybe change, and we'll see some men of color being love interest and also being the action hero at the same time. Mm, yeah, Shang Chi's gonna be hot. I'm, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> but what the listeners are excited for is what we are going to rate. The game plan. And so, Brittany, uh, KME knows this already, but on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, we have a patented five-point rating system where we decide what a movie is worth. So here it is, Brittany. I'll, I'll give you the scale, and then we can talk about what you grade this movie. If a movie is spectacular, if it's perfect in every way, that's a five out of five. We just went one-on-one with the great one. If a movie is a, you know, it's good, but it's got some flaws, uh, but overall it's a satisfying movie experience, that's a four out of five. That's the people's champ. If a movie is enjoyable, but it's not great, but it's not terrible either, that's a three out of five. That's a know your role. If a movie is kind of bad, but there are some redeeming qualities, that's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. And if a movie is straight garbage, utter trash, if the, if a movie is doom, uh, that's a one out of five. That is a rock bottom. So on a scale of one to five, Brittany, where would you rank the game plan? I personally would say, is it a four people's champ? Is that what it's called? Four out of five people's champ? That's People's what you're giving it? Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, I really do enjoy the movie. 
some little like flaws here and there, but I think overall it's enjoyable. Anytime I catch it on TV, I watch it. So it's one. It's me. It's it's a good movie. It's fun. Okay, Brittany gives it a four out of five. Chris, what do you give the game plan? Um, I give it maybe like a um three out of five. Would I give uh, the rundown like a two? Not the rundown. Uh, walk until like a two or something. I give this a three because the way I judge movies like this as an adult um, is I um, look at it's a kids movie and I understand it's not my demographic but can I sit through this movie Mm. with a kid and not be bored because I do think it's important for kids movies to have some kind of appeal to adults as well I wouldn't call this a good movie but (laughs) but it's good enough to where if you have a daughter or son or niece or nephew and they want to see it you're you're like oh, okay yeah let's watch it and you're not feeling like like I, like like that there was one of those Alvin and the Chipmunks movies that my uh, nephew liked <laughs> watching and I was losing my goddamn mind watching that yeah, I was like Can't was watch. was it the Squeakquel <laughs> uh, yeah what I think it was the Squeakquel man it was like what was that Levi probably yeah but it was just so horrible um. And I'm a, I was a fan of the 80s chipmunk, so um, I just couldn't watch it. But this movie is definitely bearable. If you're a parent, you're not going to, like, lose your mind watching the movie. Mm, so, Chris, you're giving it a three out of five? I mean, a, yeah, three out of five, a Know Your Role? Right, yeah. Okay, so we've got a People's Champ, we've got a Know Your Role. <sighs> this this movie, this, this is a movie that... I enjoyed when it first came out, and my enjoyment has seen a decline over the years. Maybe it's just because I'm older and the movie doesn't hit me the same way that it hit me when I was younger. Uh, I think there are th- there are little things that didn't bother me before that really bother me now, like the NFL, like the lack of the NFL licensing. Uh, like, you, you go through the trouble of getting – the ESPN stuff, and we got the late, great Stuart Scott doing a piece on Joe Kingman, which is really cool to see Stuart Scott again. Uh, But we're stuck with the New York Dukes uh, and the Boston Rebels. I know Brittany was feeling the magic, uh, but I I wasn't really feeling the Boston Rebels. Uh, I think some of the humor doesn't hit me now. Uh, A lot of the action in terms of the on-the-field action, doesn't really work for me. And again, part of that is, I think, just the way it was shot, but also The Rock uh, tore his Achilles during the filming of the movie. And so in later scenes, I guess, they just kind of had to film him not really doing anything but still being on the field. Because we really don't see The Rock throw a pass in this movie. And I'm thinking maybe that's just because he couldn't generate the motion given his injury. Uh, so some of the football stuff doesn't work. I think Morris Chestnut's underutilized. Kira Sedgwick's underutilized. Uh, Peyton's a little too precocious, a little too smart for me at times. Yeah. Uh, so th- th- that's a lot of negatives I've got about this movie right now. But I'm going to give it a three out of five as well because the things that I like, 
still hold up in this movie. And those are The Rock being the leading man in this movie. Uh, those are the relationship between The Rock and Madison Pettis. I think they have really good chemistry on screen. Uh, you know, the, the early stuff where, like, she messes up his protein tuna shake and gets stuff all over the kitchen. That's a fun scene where there's a scene where... Dazzling. Yeah, she bedazzles his championship game ball, and uh, he gets frustrated. There's a scene where she dumps bubble bath into his, like, luxurious swimming pool size <laughs> bathtub, and he has to dive in because he, she, he thinks she's drowned and she's not really there. Uh, and then, of course, like the, the Are You Lonesome Tonight scene, that really works uh, for me. Uh, so I think the, the positives for this movie outweigh the negatives. And like Chris said, if you're watching this movie with uh, your, your son or daughter or your nieces or nephews uh, or your cousins, if you're Brittany and you're babysitting your cousins uh, who are in town for ballet school, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a good watch. It's a good time waster in the afternoon. And we've seen The Rock do worse. And we've seen Disney sports movies do worse, quite frankly. Uh, so I'll give, the, I'll give the game plan a three out of five as well. Uh, so let's turn to the post-wrestling forum because it's not just Britney's opinion that matters. It's not just Chris's or my opinion that matters. We let you decide what this movie is as well, folks. And uh, Brittany, 20% of the audience agrees with you. 20% of the audience gave this yeah. movie a four out of five. They said it's a people's champ. 20% I mean, of the- it's a good movie. Oh, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you continue. <laughs> okay, it's a really good movie, and all the football stuff, I don't know anything about football, so you know what? That movie's just a fun, it's just fun and enjoyable for me, so I'm sorry. I can't... <laughs> I can't I mean, criticize to be fair, you and Chris are uh, you and Chris are uh, Angelino, so you've only had professional football back for like five <laughs> minutes. So I mean, I don't really care about sports, so <laughs> I'm not the person to actually ask about the logistics of how sports works. So when uh, I watch sport movies, I'm just there to have a feel good time. <laughs> so. 20% agree with Brittany and said it's a people's champ, four out of five. 20% agree with me and Chris and said this was a know your role, uh, three out of five. But the overwhelming consensus from the forum, 60% of this, 60% of the audience gave this a two out of five and said uh, that uh, the game plan is a jabroni joint, Brittany. Why? Oh, my gosh. That hurts my heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, may, maybe our conversation has uh, changed their minds. Maybe us breaking down the okay. game plan has has opened their eyes to the the merits of this film. <laughs> I hope so. Those fools are not changing their minds. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know that post wrestling fours. I'll say these are wrestling fans, Brittany. You're not gonna change their minds. Yeah. Oh. Oh, they're they're just full on wrestling fan. Okay, then I'm sorry, but I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about wrestling either. So, yes. I, don't know. I just know The Rock was a wrestler once. <laughs> yes, yes, in a, in a past life, it, that that was his uh that was his uh day job before he started making the real money in Hollywood. Yeah, but I I think that's an easy. Well, I feel like honestly most wrestlers could because. 
they already do a lot of acting when yeah. wrestling, so... Yeah. I mean, it is acting. I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to be asshole, but like, I mean, it's, it is it's, acting. It's, well, see, this is the thing with that. It's like there's acting and then there's classically trained, like the stuff that you do where you're going to classes. And that, that hitting those yeah. beats are a different thing than what wrestlers do. It is a form of theater, but it is entertaining. I, when I sat and watched maybe one or two, like episodes or i don't know if they're even calling them episodes but uh <laughs> you know like i mean like it's fun i mean it's fun and i think that it's just it's you know cool man sweating muscle fun and theater and it's a different form of theater it's not shakespeare and you know romeo and juliet and stuff but i think it's a form of theater and it's fun and i know that sometimes things can can go wrong and people actually do legitimately get injured and stuff doing stuff there so yeah there is more risk in it but I think overall, it's it seems like it's good theater and a, just a different version of theater. Yeah, wrestling is like this weird amalgam of professional sports, theater, improv, and you know TV acting. Right. It's like it, it yeah. takes a little bit from each of those worlds, and I think it's something unique and and like it's it's something that you can you can appreciate as just a silly time waster. Uh, but I think, like uh, especially nowadays, you're starting to see people appreciate it as you know its own kind of art form. Like it's right, yeah. like you said, it's not some classical thing. But you know, people got to remember. You know, people say that like, this isn't Shakespeare. But back in the day, back in Shakespeare's day, uh, Shakespeare was like the pro wrestling of his day because it was kind of seen as oh, yeah. the common man's yeah. entertainment. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's. And let's respect what The Rock does, because not every wrestler can do... Because if, if, if they could, they would have done it a long time ago, right? Mm. The Rock is an yeah. enigma. The Rock, is, the Rock is a special, special case. And, you know, the, the only other actors that have come close is Dave Bautista next. And yeah. then maybe John Cena would be a distant third from both of them. Yep. Um, but The Rock is... The Rock is like, you know, <laughs> The Rock is like nothing I've ever seen. He's a generational talent. Like, he was in wrestling. Right, Like, yeah. there's a reason he got so popular. And yeah. it, it it translates to the movies. Because even in the movies that we've done on the show, Brittany, that where the movies have been bad, The Rock is almost always the best part of any movie he's in. Right, yeah. It's because he's so charming. He's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Hufflepuffs unite. <laughs> uh, the Rock is uh, Harry Potter. I get that reference. Yeah, and no, he tweeted that he's a Hufflepuff. I'm like, that makes so much sense. But yes, I'm I, still I, I don't even remember Sorry. which one. Which one? Because uh, my sister did one of those for me one time. Because uh, I'm not like a huge Harry Potter fan, but uh, uh, like I know the the verbiage. Uh, I think I was a I, what is it? Raven Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, that makes a lot of sense for you. I was a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. I was, and... Yeah, you being Ravenclaw makes a lot of sense. I don't see you being a son. Maybe you could be one of the other two houses. Definitely not a Slytherin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love sorting people. The better, the more I get to know people, I'm like, oh, okay, I see. This is a house you'd be in, okay. Like, it's fun. I enjoy it. Maybe, maybe that's how we get Brittany to talk about wrestling on a future show, Chris. We we take the rosters of Raw and SmackDown and have her sort them into Harry Potter houses. 
Ah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so where is John I, I Cena? Like Hogwarts. Ooh, John Cena. Hmm, I feel like I don't know enough about John Cena, but maybe yeah. Gryffindor. Maybe I like John Gryffindor. Cena. Like he seems like uh he seems like he'd be a good a good person to hang out with. Somebody you could trust, like to babysit your kids. Right, yeah. Oh well if you said if you said someone you can trust, Hufflepuffs are all about trust and loyalty. So John <laughs> Cena could maybe be a Hufflepuff. I I mean that was his uh catchphrase, Chris. He's hustle, loyalty, respect. Yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. So John Cena's a awful puff. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Oh um, man. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Chris I feel like Chris could go into the uh Ravenclaw or potentially sorry, Slytherin category. <laughs> but like also Slytherins aren't necessarily bad, they're just very uh ambitious and cunning and mm, right, not necessarily yeah. evil, but those are like their like defining kind of traits. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen enough of it to know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, we we got heel Chris here. Um <laughs> 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 uh, before we get out of here, guys, let's give any final thoughts on the game plan. Any final thoughts on the rock, and then uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, wrap this show up. So uh, we'll we'll start with you, Chris, uh, representing uh, Slytherin over here. Okay, so um, The Rock either actually retired this past week or did a bullshit retiring this past week. So if I mean, aren't ninety percent really... like ninety nine point nine percent of wrestling retirements are all bogus anyway? Yeah. So um, if he re- if he's retired from wrestling, I'm I'm looking forward to more films, and you know it was a great wrestling career. Um, I kind of think. That I'm almost on the side of he, he's kind of kayfabe retiring or like fake retiring, um, so to set something up. But that might just be wishful thinking. But this movie, um, I'm just very, very like pleased with The Rock and how he continues to entertain me in some form or fashion. And Ballers is always my favorite show every <laughs> single summer. That and um, Insecure, but ballers love it. Okay, and Brittany, since I know you were you were hyped up when, when I first uh, approached you with the idea of coming on for this review, so uh, any final thoughts on the game plan? Any final thoughts on The Rock? The game plan is, it's cute, it's adorable, it's a good time to uh, not be sad and emo, so what cares happiness, sadness? Um, <laughs> um, and then the rock. I don't know. I just, I just love the rock. Like I said, he's uh, charismatic. He is fun to watch. I don't, I don't know if there's ever, like you said, I don't think there's anything that I've seen him in that I didn't like his performance in. So it's awesome. And I'm sorry, I really do like the Scorpion King movie too. So have you already <laughs> talked about the Scorpion King? Yeah, that was the first movie we did. The Scorpion King again, not a great movie, but. The Rock is decent. You know like, this is pretty good people. in it. I'm a fight people. I genuinely like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I we, uh, what, what you need to do, Brittany, is go back and listen uh, to episode one of the Rocky My View Picture Show and listen to me and Brian Mann talk about the Scorpion King, and then you can get back to me with your thoughts on our thoughts. I will, because I feel like I'm going to need to fight some people. <laughs> She's going to be triggered by that episode, but... 
my my slander of the Scorpion King. I love that movie. I I'm sorry. Like if a movie is set in like ancient times, there's a higher chance I'm already gonna just like it by default. So <laughs> I'm ready to fight. Yes, the movie's set in ancient times, but scored to this random bro rock soundtrack. <laughs> I don't care. It was, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> all right, Brittany. Uh, my final thoughts on this movie. Again, it's it's a cute movie. Uh, uh, the Rock and I'm blanking on my girl's name, Madison. Or Madison Pettis. Yeah, yeah Madison is is adorable. Uh, the Rock is great as always. Again, not it's not you know Malcolm X or Forrest Gump. But it's 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 a good time waster. And in terms of the Rock's career, I think a I don't think he's retired because again, he didn't even need to come out and say he's retired because if you look at what he's done over the last ten years, he's really only come out and wrestled like every other year. Right. Uh, so it's not like he's having to cut back from wrestling ten times, fifteen times a year. So I think he'll do the same thing. Like we might not see him wrestle this year or next year, but I don't think he's closed the door on his career completely in the ring. Uh, as an actor, though, I do hope that he starts to take more chances because I think he's really good, but if you look at a lot of his movies, I don't know if he if he's pushing himself to do more. Uh, uh, like in the, in the same way like a Dave Batista. I think Batista's always looking for the most yeah. interesting thing he can do. Like Stuber, like people... Some people love Stuber. Some people didn't like Stuber. But I thought it was a I good... I haven't seen it. I'm like, in the I've, middle of it. I've yeah. heard I, mixed I reviews. Uh, but I thought at least, you know, he's taking a, a chance uh, on this role. And uh, so I think that's the one thing I need to see from Rock is, yeah, you, you're great. People love you. Like, even if you make a bad movie, we're still going to love you. But take some more chances, uh, Dwayne, because I know, I know you listen, brother. I agree. So... That's going to do it for this edition of the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. Before I share what we'll be watching next time, let's uh, go around the room, get some props and plugs. Chris, where can the people find you on social media? Where can they hear some of your great audio podcasts out there like Power Dynamics, like uh, what's the other one? It's got a real angry title. Uh, anti-intellectualism uh, is real. Yeah, and you can't even see, Chris doesn't even say it. Like, Chris is like, anti-intellectualism is real. The way it came across when he first told me the title, Brittany, was he's got this one show called Power Dynamics, and then the other one called Anti-Intellectualism is Real. Like, why are you yelling at me, Chris? I feel like <laughs> just knowing that he's on two podcasts with those names is like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, but anti-intellectual is real, yo, so that's the one podcast, and then uh, Power Dynamics with KME, so I break down different terms and how they are used to kind of manipulate thought, whether it be a logical fallacy, a cognitive bias, um, a strategy, different things like that, so Make sure you give me a listen. I would really appreciate it. Like, share, and subscribe. Spreaker is the number one place you want to go. But um, if, if, you, if you use um, uh, Spreaker, CastleBox, 
Spotify. Um, I think we're finally on iHeartRadio, um, Deezer, just whatever app you can find me on. And just Google Power Dynamics with KME, and I should come up. So thanks, Nate. Awesome. No problem, brother. You're always welcome here in the theater. Brittany, let the folks know where they can find you and, and where they can check out not only your podcast, but also uh, an audio drama that you are a part of. Yeah, so you can find my personal Twitter at Hi Brittany Monet. Um, and I am on several podcasts. Uh, I'm on DCTV Classics, that you can find at DCTV Classics on Twitter. And I'll show you all of our links. I haven't been on in a few episodes. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to fix my schedule to get back to it. Um, I'm also on the Black Lightning Podcast with Nate. And you can find us at BLP underscore, is it? No, BL underscore podcast. <laughs> um, I'm also on every now and then when I can do even comic book podcast. Um, and then I am, yes, in an audio drama called Fangirls, which is kind of paying homage to the movie Fanboys. That was about a you know, group of uh, Star Wars fanboys who wanted to go see um, episode one, Phantom Menace, before their friend who had cancer passes away. So this audio drama is about a group of fangirls who really love, uh, you know, the newer version of Star Wars, and they're trying to sneak into an early screening of Episode Nine um, before anyone else can, and they're all internet friends, and they kind of meet for the first time, and it's about their journey, basically, on the way, road tripping, to go see Episode Nine in Los Angeles. Um, it's really fun. I voice Rish, and you can find it, I believe, pretty much where everywhere you can stream podcasts. So it's fun. You guys should check it out. Yeah, I've listened to a couple episodes. It's good. I I actually listened to it through uh, Spotify. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a listen too. So oh, cool! I didn't know that you were listening to it. No one tells me if they're listening to it or not. So <laughs> <laughs> and it's, that's how that's how podcasts work. You just send something out into the universe, and you don't find out until months later that somebody actually heard you. <laughs> yeah, I'll get the tweets every now and then from people who are like, oh my god, this show is so cute. But like, usually it's just uh, actual Star Wars fangirls who are like, I love it. And that makes me happy because I love Star Wars. But I haven't heard like men really be like, hey, yeah, I'm listening to it. So that's nice. <laughs> so yes, the, yes. If you're a man and you like Star Wars, check out Fangirls uh, and then let Brittany know that you enjoyed the show. But yes, please. Thank you. What we're going to be enjoying next time on the Rocky Mavia Picture Show, this is this is going to be good. And uh, you know, I know that some people probably tuned in to this episode thinking we were going to talk about Get Smart. Well, you've missed it by that much. There has always been a delicate balance between chaos and control. Now, with that balance threatened, it's time to turn. To one man. How do I know you're not control? If I were control, you'd already be dead. If you were control, you'd already be dead. Neither of us is dead, so I'm obviously not from control. That actually makes sense. Chaos has learned the identities of all of our field agents. They hit us and they hit us hard. Fortunately, we have a new agent. Who's that, sir? It's you, Max. Well, smart. Who are you? I'm Agent 99. Is this your stapler? Yeah. 
I set that up. Missed it by that much. So, next time on the Rocky Mavia Picture Show, we're going to be taking a look at Get Smart from 2008 featuring The Rock and Steve Carell. Oh, yes, I cannot wait for that episode, folks. That is going to be a great one. Uh, but also, thank you for listening to this episode where we reviewed the game plan. As always, if you want to connect with me, you can check me out on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. Uh, you can also find out information about the other shows I do, such as the Kings of Sport podcast. Check out the Kings of Sport Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Check us out on Twitter, Cospod, K-O-S underscore P-O-D on Twitter. I'm also a member of the Black Lightning podcast, a.k.a. the Lituation Room, along with Brittany and Clement Bryant. And we've got some some big things to talk about. We will we'll, we might have an episode up this summer of... Uh, talking about all the news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, uh, Black Lightning, officially a part of the big DC TV uh, crossover. Uh, so that's going to be yeah. amazing. Uh, so, we, yeah, we'll, I, I don't know when the next episode of that show is coming out, but uh, when it does, I'm, sur- I'm sure we'll have some thoughts on all the Black Lightning news that, that's come out recently. Um, what else? What else? Uh, oh, yeah, you can uh, check me out. Uh, on the Place to Be Nation's main event, which is a show that comes out bi-monthly on Place to Be Nation. Checking out the biggest news and notes from around the world of professional wrestling. Want to give a shout-out to Braden Harrington for providing the theme for the Rocky Mountain Via Picture Show. Shout-out to John and Way at Post Wrestling. And, of course, a shout-out to Austin James for providing the artwork for this podcast. And finally, we talked about the game plan and Joe Kingman's game plan on the football field. Well, if you need help with your financial game plan, I am a licensed insurance agent, and I can give you some info on insurance, annuities, 401K, setting up your retirement plans. If you've got questions or concerns about that and you want somebody to give you, you know, maybe a little, little uh, coaching to get your financial house in order, give me a call. If I can't help you, somebody on my team can. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's it. We talked to the people about the game plan. We talked to the people about uh, Hollywood and their colorism. We talked about Hollywood and, and their sex issues. We talked about uh, what house everybody on this show's in. Uh, so we got a Hufflepuff, a Ravenclaw, and a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think, I think we're done here, guys. Uh, Chris, thank you for coming on the show, man, as always. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again. And, Brittany, if uh, – there's another movie down the road uh, in the Rock's oeuvre that uh, you'd be excited to talk about. You certainly have an invitation as well, my friend. Jumanji, what, what? Sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, so Jumanji, so I'm just doing the math in my head. That means we'll probably be talking to you in about a year and a half, two years. That sounds good. <laughs> we only do one of these, like, we do one of these a month, so. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you in a couple years, Brittany. Uh, oh, yeah. Unless they listen to the Black Lightning podcast. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's going to do it for this week on the Rocky Mavia Picture Show. The theater is closed, 
be sure to come back next time where we will be reviewing 2008's Get Smart. So, for the professor, Chris Ely, for Brittany Monet, I am the godfather, Nate Milton. Thanks for listening, and remember, as always, Nubian eyes will be watching. It's a Scorpion King reference, Brittany. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Poon, turn your ass on out of here. <laughs> This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.